Garden Hose. My name is Obi, and of course, I'm here with Ed. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. Please go there, download it, like us, rate it, leave us comments so we know what you think, so we can constantly improve our show. Ed, how are you? Doing great, Ob, and uh, don't want to forget uh, that we are on Twitter at From Hose. So at From Hose, check us out on Twitter as well. And uh, I just want to start today. It's it's a great day. I want to start today with a little uh, shout out to a guy we know, Cherry. We know he's listened to both uh, episodes. And for those of you not named Cherry listening to this, you can just guess why his name was Cherry back in college. Uh, and then the other th- shout out I want to give is we we got our first comment on Apple Podcast from Midwest Cousin. And I'm just going to answer his question. Yes, I was a break dancer back in the day, but not a skateboarder. So if you're interested in what his comment was, go check us out on Apple as well. So, uh, Obi, you know, today the topic is crazy sports rules or rules that we're not happy about. So as a purist and as a cranky old man in training, I'm going to get us started here. And one of the most recent rules that really rubs me the wrong way is seven-inning Major League Baseball games and doubleheaders. What are your thoughts on that? First of all, the good news is Rob Manfred just today, so a few days or a few days ago, if you're listening, has come out and said he's not doing that for the doubleheaders. I don't hate it. I'm not the biggest fan of it because it affects all the counting stats when you compare them over seasons and years but i don't hate it all Um, right so that's why you're a cranky man in training because how how you can't hate that rule is beyond me so beyond the seven inning no hitters that don't count beyond the fact that a team could maybe lose a game that they could have won once they get into somebody's bullpen how about the fact you're a fan and you have tickets to a game and the day before game gets rained out, and they decide to make it a day-night doubleheader the next day, the day you're going, and now your nine-inning game became a seven-inning game. So are they making them day-night doubleheaders, or are they two – you get two two for one? Nope, the Yankees did that. When the Yankees were playing the Mets just last weekend, they had a two – they had a day-night doubleheader, both seven innings. Now that – see, now that – that sucks. That's <laughs> – that's, that's – that's um, – bolt. Because I paid for nine innings, and I expect right. possibly a chance to go at 10, 11, 12. I see. Now, if I got paid for nine, I got to sit through 14, I'd be okay with that. I didn't know they right. were making them day-night doubleheaders. I thought they were all-time pay-for-one, watch-two doubleheaders. Nope. So last year during uh, COVID, it was. But, they, you know, they kept the rule this year. I mean, during COVID, it was fine. They kept it a year too long. I'm glad Manford uh, changes. Changes tune on that one. That was a good one. And since we're going to go, let's just stick with the theme for ones that I'm really upset about, but they're changing next year. So I guess I should get over it. Let's just go to the next one. Runner on second base to start extra innings. Also, a stupid freaking rule. I'm really in training because this rule I actually loved. Oh, my Lord. Obi, Obi. Are we going to break up? Is this our last episode? It's all over from here on out. No, this one I loved. I love this rule. I loved some things. Sometimes things need to evolve. And maybe if baseball gets away from home runs and strikeouts and you start seeing guys steal bases and hit and runs and things back, maybe I can get rid of this. But this puts that stuff, this forces that small ball back in the game, even if it's extra innings. 
So occasionally you get to see some managers manage, especially since you know they're going to go to Universal DH. And as an American League fan, you probably don't even care about that. So yeah. give me a little small ball with All the right. man on second. All right. Well, we disagree on that one. But next year, I win. I get my rule back. You get you get your rules back, and, and I'm not, and I'm really not that much that angry about it. But I did like the the day day night dove or header. That's bullshit. If you <laughs> seven, I'm, I'm I'm angry about it now. Now I'm all in. I'm all like, no, nine. It's got to be nine. Yeah, I told you. Got to get cranky on something. That's all right, it. Okay. What what rule out there has been getting you cranky lately? It it feels like it's been going on forever, but. Offensive linemen are allowed to move now in football, and that used to just be offsides. Once they put their hand down, they can't move till the quarterback gets the ball from the center. And now they go down, they look around, they pass a joint to each other. I don't know what's going on on that offensive line. And okay, maybe that's uh, they weren't set. But now when a defensive guy flinches, if the offensive guy flinches in response, the penalties on the defensive guy. I know they're trying to make the game offensive, but that offensive lineman is offsides. He knows the count. The other guy doesn't. Drives me up a wall, that rule. I can just envision you in your basement yelling at the screen when the guy flinches and there's no penalty called. Oh, it, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. It, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, yeah so that, that rule, again, so maybe this is where I – just in training that rule doesn't really bother me either uh i can i'm okay with that i do think it's stupid that if the offensive lineman moves in a off like he's starting the play that it's a, a penalty yet like you said the defensive guy jumps across the line doesn't touch him but then the offensive guy moves we get offside on the offensive I, i'm not a big fan of that right i mean the, the defensive guy caused it. it it should be on the defense all right obi Let's let's switch back to basketball. The finals are going on right now. New rule was last year, and then they expanded upon it this year. Was the NBA playoff play-in where they took the top ten seeds? They they made ten play seven, eight play nine, and then the loser of seven and ten got to play the winner of eight and nine just to see who would make it into the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that one? Wow, we're, we're definitely at odds. What a great show. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, one of the things about baseball that really, I think, sucks, and I think it's, a, it's something that sucked for baseball a long time, but I think it's more bad now than it was uh, when we were younger because of the sports baseball has to compete with, is that the best players in baseball don't make the playoffs a lot. Like, Aaron Judge is probably not going to make it. Zach Wheeler is not going to make it. Shohei Otani is not going to make it. So you have to figure out ways of adding playoff, these great players to get people's eyes on it. So you got to find a way to get great players. And so you give them one game to play and it's fun and they play a little bit and then they're done. But also it, it makes those almost teams less likely to tank, which you know is a big problem in the NBA. It feels like it can fix a lot of issues with the NBA especially since in the end, even the Lakers, which were supposed to be the best team to come out of that little group and might've stood a chance, still got clobbered in the ones and the twos and the threes advanced in the playoffs like they're supposed to. Yeah. You know, I probably shouldn't care so much about this rule, but I think what rubs me the wrong way 
is a seventh seed. I think a seventh seed actually earned their way into the playoffs. Why, why should they have to have, you know, double jeopardy going on there? Eight, nine, I'm fine with that. Let eight, nine, and 10 play ball. I care. I, I don't really care about that. Um, but the other side is seventh seed team already. I mean, did they really earn their way into the playoffs? I mean, there's a seventh seed. I guess if we're talking top four seeds, maybe then we'd have a complaint. But, you know, so that's just one that rubs me the wrong way when the seventh seed has to play it. I will, I will take your compromise. Eight plays nine, loser, uh, loser plays 10. I'll take that compromise. Yeah. Right. Like the nine and 10 playing for give them a little more something or nine and 10 play the loser, the loser's out. The winner plays not at eight. Something has to beat them twice or something. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Um, so this is not a new rule, but every so often it affects a game and then people start to dwell on it and nothing ever happens. And this is the fumble out of an end zone results in a touchback in football. Oh, dumbest rule ever. That's the worst rule in sports. Thank you. Agreed. It's worst oh. rule in sports. How did I just turn the ball over and the team get 20 yards? Yeah, and 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 I don't I mean that rewards the defensive team, and sometimes the defensive team did absolutely nothing to get that reward. Absolutely heinous. You know what? You know what? If you want to say you fumbled, you shouldn't have done it. Give the ball back to the, uh, the fumbling team at the 10-yard line. Give it back to them at the 20. But why do you give it to the other team at the 20? If it goes out of bounds at the 50, the team that last touched it or last possessed it gets the ball. Yep. Yeah, dumbest rule in football. Oh, finally agree. We finally agree. All right, let me let me try to give you one. You might, you might agree with this one. I mean, this is where the purist starts coming in. But tonight's the All-Star. We're taping this on the night of the All-Star game. One of the greatest things about Major League Baseball All-Star Game was that the players wore their own uniforms in the All-Star Game, and they've gone away from that. I hate it. I hate it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to – if you're going to make every team have a guy, then let me know what team that guy is on. <laughs> I mean, now we're – now we're the Pro Bowl's a joke with their uniforms. You got to look at their, their freaking helmet. You can already tell, right? The NBA used to be that way. The NBA is going back. The NBA lets the guys wear their own uniforms. And now Major League Baseball is going the Pro Bowl route. I just hate it, Kobe. So I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. Here's one. And this is, this is me being an American, I guess. Why can I not have the official time for how much time is left in a quarter of a ha or a half of a soccer game? Why do I have to be like told, oh, it's 45 minutes and then plus three minutes. Why can't that time be broadcasted around every so everybody knows? Well, because it's a crooked sport. That's why. I mean, if it wasn't a crooked sport, you wouldn't be keeping secrets about what how much time. You know, I was watching the Euro over the – well, I watched the final, of course, and that's a whole other story. It had nothing to do with rules. But Because, by the way, I like penalty kick shootouts. At least it gets it over. Otherwise, we could be there all day. But let's, let's talk about this uh, extra time. They, they, they put up six minutes extra time, five minutes extra time doesn't really matter. Next thing you know, you're like seven minutes over and the ref didn't blow the whistle yet. And why is it the ref never blows the whistle as somebody's dribbling towards the goal late in the game? After they save it and they clear it, then magically the whistle goes off. You tell me the fix isn't in for that? Oh, it's always like, oh, it's a clear. Yep. Oh, one of the teams just controlling that midfield. Woo! Yeah, it's never, it's never, no. We Can't did that in basketball. There'd be no such thing as a buzzer beater. Wait to see what happens. <laughs> Ridiculous. That you're onto a good one there. So I, I got uh, another one for you. This is uh, let's stay with baseball now. 
the three batter rule. What are your thoughts on the reliever having to come in to, to pitch the three batters before they can come back out? I get why they're doing it, but no, but no. It, it, the, the problem for baseball, some people say, is that it's actually that it's that people are getting better at the game, and they're oh, one guy faces one batter, but. You know, it's not the, that's not the problem. The problem isn't that they've figured out how to play the game better. So, no, I think you pitch to one guy. Pitch to one pitch. I don't care. I don't, I, 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 I'm with you. Why, if, if the teams are getting better and the players are getting better, I'm not so sure coming up with drastic rules like that are what you need to do to make the game better. I think the problem we have with the game is that it takes too long, right? Um, the fact that you have games go well after three, after three hours, right? Um, I, I'm, I, I would rather see a pitch clock than the three batter rule. I, I just think it artificially changes the game when I have to pitch the three people. So, and let's face it, I'm not a lefty, but if I was a lefty, I'd be really pissed because I probably put a lot of lefties out of business in the bullpen. Yes, absolutely. Left-hand specialist out. So since we're talking baseball and you're, you're big on baseball, this is not as hated as some of my other rules. But it's just this bizarre leftover vestige rule. The drop third strike, you can run the first base rule. It's just a bizarre rule of leaving the game. It feels like, let's get that one out. You want to save time? That'll save a minute a week. You know, that, that, that's an interesting rule. I, I still don't even understand, like, when they made up the game, the rules of the game, and they're like, you know what? If you strike on the second, drops it. It's still a strike strike you run your ass like under how they that rule so I, I can't sit here and say i hate the rule i really don't understand the origins of the rule i don't understand why you have to have the rule um i can live with the rule only because we've always had it right no and that that's what it is it's, i've actually found out the origin of the rule is that you could run to first base on any time and they've actually Yes, but they cut it down to only a th strike three. Well, now, Obi, we should go back to that. Now that you tell me the origin, we should go back. You could steal first base on any pitch. You want to speed the game up, you start getting some of these catchers thrown out at first, trying to steal first. You know, no more nine-pitch at-bats, no more working the count full, right? Think right. about it. OPS changes the game when you can steal first base. Good point. Good point. All right, Obi, I think we're running out of time on, on our topics here today, but I got one last one for you, and then uh, you may have one for me. But the one-and-done rule in college basketball, the NBA putting an artificial age limit as low as they did. You know, Major League Baseball says you got to go to college for three years once you go to college, but you can go to you can go to Major League Baseball right out of high school. Pro football, again, three years after your high school um, team graduates, right? So – basketball you got to be 19 in one year out of out of high school i just think it's a dumb rule uh serves no purpose other than to discriminate against kids who just graduated high school um fortunately it seems to be on its way out yeah it, it's a dumb rule i hate when leagues put in these rules to protect themselves yeah, from their exactly. own like oh we might we're gonna overdraft well that's not our fault yeah and now that they have the g league all the more reason they should just draft a bunch of high school kids and then let them play in the G League. Um, so, yeah, I'm done with that rule. Now, my last rule is not sports-specific. Some sports have it. Some sports don't. Um, 
and it's just something I prefer. Um, I prefer when you can sub somebody out of the game and bring them back in the game. So soccer and baseball, you can't. Football and basketball, you can't. can't. I like that. I think, you know, take them in and out. Now, baseball has problems with the game, length of the game. I think that was a really issue with that. But just in general, let me sub the guy in and out for the right situation. That's all. So you want Major League Baseball and soccer to go back to Little League rules where everyone plays, everyone gets re-entry. Everyone gets re-entry. Not everyone plays. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair I enough. would like to see that, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Obi, back in the day, talked a little bit about these rules back in the day, the way we liked them. Back in the day. What's your back in the day today? Uh my back in the day is I remember as kids, we used to spend it all day and into the night playing tag games. Favorite one was manhunt. Form up two teams. One team hides. The other team hunts. You can free, you take the kid, you catch him, you put him in the jail. Somebody can rescue him. Somebody's scarring him. Hours and hours of fun. It was better than just tag where the slow kid was always it. And let the slow kid do something. We rewarded hiding, but if you hid too good, the game didn't end. There was always that time. It's like, game's over. We can't find you. We got to go home. Miss Manhunt. Kids don't get to do that anymore. They'll get in trouble for trespassing because they'll be on everybody's yards. <laughs> no parents are going to let their kids out at night anyway. And it's in the summer, so they might get ticked. So and that's us as parents' fault that we don't let them play these types of games anymore. But back in the day, Manhunt was the best. I think you might be onto something there with the ticks. You're right. Nobody's allowed outside after and mosquitoes, you know, mosquitoes have West Nile and everything else that's going to kill you. Right. So, yeah, yeah you, you got to be inside at night. So manhunt, that, that was a good old game. So my back in the day, I was driving uh, the other day and I was driving by. It was on Route 84 in New York. And there's a section there where you go by two prisons on one side, the maximum security prison on the other side is the minimum uh, or medium security Fishkill Correctional Facility. And it reminded me of when I was in eighth grade and my youth in government class or my government and law class. I, I don't even remember the name of the class. remember the teacher. And I remember we went to a scared straight program at this jail. So the whole class, I guess there was about 40 of us. I guess it was like two sections. Maybe. We, as eighth graders, we go into this prison. And I don't know if I... I just felt like I was alone with these prisoners and they scared the crap out of me. I was a good kid at the time. And I, I made a decision that day. I was never going to go to prison. These guys were up in all of our grills as eighth grade kids screaming at us. You want to talk about dropping the F-bomb? That, that, that word was used religiously. I heard about guys getting shanked while they're on the toilet with uh, sharpened uh, toothbrushes. I realized prison was not for me. But here's the thing, Obi. One, what the hell were my parents thinking? Let me go to that thing. And two, how come we don't have that? I think there's kids that need to be scared straight today, and that program doesn't exist. I did not know that was a real program. You saw it on movies, uh, after school specials, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, is I I participated, and this guy, they go, you know, when you go to a business meeting and everyone introduces you and tells you what their experience is. Well, this business meeting started with guys telling us who they killed and how long they were in there for. I, I, that must have been a hell of a PowerPoint. Well, well they, they, 
I'm not saying they're educated enough to have a PowerPoint, but, <laughs> but they were, uh, I will tell you this. And I sat through a couple presentations today, right? Business presentations that scared, those scared street facilitators. They were the most effective presenters <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. Scared I mean, we had girls in there. We had boys, we had up boys, we had the, the wimpy boy. Again, I don't know what our parents were thinking. And you got to understand, I came from like this, like all white, small school district. I came from the school district, let us go. And and you're in the, the uh, it sounds like you were in one of the classes that only the smart kids were in, in the smart school district to begin with. Like the idiots were not taking the law and ethics class who were taking. So like, let's put the good kids in the scared straight class. Yeah. I, Maybe yeah. they're worried about white collar crime. Well, they didn't talk about that. They talked about shanking and killing. That's what they talked about. Let me let me just tell you. I learned about how much a pack of cigarettes were worth, and it's not dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I'm telling you, eye-opening experience, and I just can't believe I was allowed to go, and it worked. Well, speaking of the old days, whatever happened to that candy bar, whatchamacallit? So I'm not exactly sure what happened to it, but I do kind of recall those uh, commercials where they had a play on the name, whatchamacallit, you know, like, hey, I'm hungry for a whatchamacallit. What? What do you want? Be specific, right? So I, I don't, they, they were good though. You used to get though, every once in a while, you get lucky and get a whatchamacallit on Halloween. Yes. Like, Man, they got whatchamacallits. Yes, yes. It'd be like that one house, be like, eh, they had the whatchamacallits. Yep. And, you know, my... Uh, I remember the first whatchamacallit I got, I was at my uh, cousin's house and my uncle was like, all right, we're going to go watch a movie. Before we watch a movie, we head to the store, we're going to get candy bars. And I got a whatchamacallit and I knew he was messing with me, but my uncle would not stop for what felt like as a kid, 20 minutes with the, wait, what's that called? No, really, what's his name? I'm like, you know it. You're messing with me. Stop it. But yeah. What Let me guess. Your uncle is a big Abbott Costello guy. Yeah, he may be. He may be. Who's on first? What? Yo, I, Obi, which I'm gonna call it's a good one, but I want to know whatever happened to the bomb pop. Now, you may say, oh, I saw them at Stop and Shop the other day in the frozen food aisle. Let me tell you something. I was at a 4th of July cookout, uh, cookout and they had a box of bomb pop. It said bomb pops. I opened this box up. This freaking bomb pop was about three inches long. It looked like a, it looked like a baby bomb pop. You know what I'm saying? Red, white, and blue. But what happened to the bomb pops you get from the ice cream man? Those suckers were big and thick. Um, I can't believe I just said that on a podcast. But my point is... Well, talking about something that you sucked on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, you know, so anyway, we should start over. <laughs> but, so anyway, I want to know whatever happened to the real bomb pop. You know, um, I totally agree with you. Um, my son... Uh, enjoys bomb pops and they are definitely uh, not what they were. But you know, another thing they did that too and is Laffy Taffy. They used to sell like a Laffy Taffy that was the size of a Hershey's bar. And now you can only get ones that are like tiny little skinny short ones. And they used to sell them, they were huge. But yeah, the bomb pop, the Laffy Taffy, not the Laffy Taffy. The daddy, it was called. Uh, sugar daddy. Sugar, sugar daddy. daddy. 
Oh yeah, that, the sugar daddy keeps Dennis in business, though. Rips all your fillings out. Yes, yes, and uh, even like there, when someone's family would go away and they'd come back, some kid would bring like a Hershey's kiss that was the size of your head back home. Now it's only like the size of your hand. Like I don't know if we were just kids with big eyes, but. I'm pretty sure that the bomb pop, like you said, was a lot thicker than it is now. You know as well as I know, they've they've shrunk they've shrunk in products and kept the price the same, or in some cases raised them, but yet the the price per volume has gone up dramatically, right? And then a lot of times they shrink it so much, and then they value pack it, right? So now bomb pops you get six in a box, but they're freaking miniature. I bet you if you were to melt them down, the volume is you know smaller than original bomb pop, so. Anyway, just it, I, I just saw this on Fourth of July, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! This ain't no real bomb pop, and it said bomb pop on it. I was I was a little annoyed. As well, you should be, because uh, you you hit the head that nail around the head there with the rye in the end. They just start downsizing and charging the same price, and you're like, right, value back, so good, yummy. Yeah, exactly. I think that that, that wraps us up, Obi. That, that was that was a pretty explosive episode, and uh, just remember. The charm is that we suck. Take care, Ed. <laughs>